0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is
1: Believe. TDN Fantasy. The TDN Fantasy the TDN Podcast. Podcast. With your
2: hosts Paige Demakos, Jamie Eisner, and Jake Arians.
0: Welcome into the TDN Fantasy Podcast. Paige Demakos, Jake Arians, Jamie Eisner, and of course... The second we finished our Tuesday podcast, there was a trade in the NFL because those are the rules. After, after every podcast, there's always something, some piece of news that has to happen right away. So the Emmanuel Sanders trade happens yesterday. We have talked about ad nauseum the fact that the San Francisco 49ers have needed a legitimate weapon, a wide receiver for Jimmy Garoppolo, and it will be much easier to to see what we have from Jimmy G, not from this defense, not from this team, but mostly from the quarterback position because it's been really hard to evaluate what we've seen from Jimmy thus far. Jake, let's first talk about Emmanuel Sanders and his fantasy value, obviously moving on from, from Denver and now going to San Francisco. Do you like this move from a fantasy perspective?
1: I love it. I absolutely love it. I love First, I love the person. I've known him for a long time. My dad drafted him at Pittsburgh back in the day. Uh, We all talked about how amazed we were about him coming back from that torn Achilles last year and still as a speed guy, uh, still looking really good. Like, I'm still shocked that he's played the way that he has. You know, fought a couple injuries so far this year, but he's been pretty productive when he's been out there. I love it from a fantasy point of view. He is now a legitimate number one receiver in San Francisco. He runs all the routes, runs them very crisp, runs them great, really good hands, can still go over the top. Uh, as much as they want to run it and play action, as, as good as Kyle Shanahan is, is scheming it up, I absolutely love it from fantasy's point of view. I, I think he'll probably go up a little bit from where he's been. And I don't know that they're going to throw it a ton that it's going to be a huge impact from what he's already been, which has been pretty solid for Denver. But I'd love it from a football perspective from San Francisco to go get a veteran receiver that can still run, that can give them a true presence on the outside.
0: Jamie what's the jump here in rankings like where would you have him if he was playing with Denver and what's the do you got to wait a little bit or what's the immediate impact if you own Emmanuel Sanders in fantasy right now
2: I think it's fairly small but to give you an example this week I had him as my wide receiver I believe 27 or 20 excuse me 26 uh, before the trade and moved him up to 21 so just a a small difference I don't don't think it's going to be as big of a difference fantasy wise as it will be football wise for the 49ers we've again We've said on the show for a while, and we expected them, and they needed to get a wide receiver. Emmanuel Sanders can play uh, wherever they need him to play. He's a veteran receiver. He's at this point there are no concerns about the Achilles injury. He has shown us now for half a season that he is is playing uh, playing on that very well. Uh, you know, they have some talented pieces in San Francisco, but they don't have a lot of good receivers in San Francisco. We'll see what Marquise Goodwin's status is, but he's a sprinter. Uh, he's not a full receiver yet. You know, Dante Pettis, we went on the rant on yesterday. Is again, you might have a bright future possibly, but right now, this year, he's just not getting open. He has 17 targets for the season. Yeah, it's just not
1: something they're using. Debo Samuel as they got a couple of those Courtland or Curtis Samuel type guys, right? Which is we were about to talk about, Debo. Like they they need to learn how to be receivers. I think Emmanuel helps all of that tremendously, but they don't have to go be like an outside guy. Now they can be like Samuel was for a little while. There's like a running back, receiver, slot guy, move around kind of thing because you have Emmanuel outside.
0: So yeah. how much better of a football team are they now with Emmanuel Sanders?
1: A, a little bit better. I mean, it's tough
2: to quantify one player, particularly a wide receiver, but they helped address a key area of need. Uh, you know, I, I still – it's not like this is not a put-you-over-the-top move, you know, one wide receiver. Not not of this caliber. You know, if they got Julio Jones or something, or New Hopkins adds yeah. this offense, it's a little bit different story. It, this obviously helps them, and it's going to help their entire passing game. But – uh, I, I don't know if I would change their projected win total for the rest of the season based on it, but I would say it makes them a better team It makes them a harder team to play against and it's definitely a move they had to make.
1: It gives them a bump and it gives Kyle Shanahan an easier week to prepare offensively when you can scheme up a guy that you know you can count on. And I think it gives Jimmy G another level of comfort and comfortability in the offense knowing he has a guy he can count on it's going to come out of his break. He's going to run the right the right route at 12 yards, not 11, not 13, like some of these young guys that are learning how to be receivers. That makes a quarterback that much more comfortable. So I agree with Jamie. I'm not sure that you can quantify 7% better or half a win or whatever, but Kyle Shanahan's more comfortable with the game plan. We know how good he is. Jimmy G's comfortability is going to be better in the offense. I think he's just a significant upgrade all the way around. The other thing to talk about is Cortland Sutton's targets have been tremendous all year. I think they go up. I, I'm really glad I picked him up in another league a couple weeks ago. He's been solid through some buys for me, but I don't think his production does anything but continue to go higher than it's been. Yeah, well,
0: he's going to have to go somewhere. It's a why he's a
2: wide receiver too, every week. I mean, he's a, he's a plug and play guy every week. Now I doubt you're going to have three receivers on your roster better than Cortland Sutton going forward.
0: Yeah. You're going to have to, they're going to have to go somewhere in that offense. they are going to throw the ball somewhere and it's got to go that way. Uh, okay. A couple of quarterbacks here returning to practice that I want to discuss Drew Brees, Patrick Mahomes, obviously big deal for those guys to get back in practice. Mostly from a fantasy perspective, if you have Drew Brees, if you have that IR spot right, and you put him on on IR, um, you've been you know coasting through with somebody else. How long do you think it is, Jake? Here until we see Drew Brees, Mahomes? It's interesting because he is reported to be back at practice, but. As some people in Kansas City have said, that could mean he's just rehabbing on the field. It doesn't necessarily, or just throwing, not yeah, moving. he's not necessarily doing any football activities. He's just there. Uh, definitely a good sign. Just isn't a clear indication that we're going to see him sooner rather than later.
1: Yeah, look, part of rehab is done on the field. They got to test it, see how sore he is the next day. There's no way he's playing this weekend, and they would be insane to put him out there. Uh, you got to be careful with that because you're talking about the next 12 to 15 years, not the next month right? Like they can get by with their schedule and let him get fully healthy. And if you put him back out there early, we've seen with Robert Griffin III and some of these guys that get rushed and they rush themselves. Patrick Mahomes a lot like Saquon Barkley. He's going to come back before anybody else would because he's a baller. That's all he wants to do is a gym rat. And he wants to get in there and, and get back on the field with his guys. They got to make sure he's being as careful as they want to be with him. The other hand, if you're the Saints, I think you're absolutely crazy if you play Drew Brees this week. Teddy Bridgewater is now 5-0 as a starter. You have the Cardinals coming into town with your defense balling out. Even if Kamara doesn't play, they're going to get this win, and you have a bye week next week. Why even take a chance with Drew Brees to come back when don't – up, don't upset the apple cart. Like, you're, you're rolling, and you're going to beat the Cardinals at home. Why take a chance playing him this week? It's not like he's going to be rusty when he comes back that much. I, I think they're crazy if they play him. I'd give him two more weeks to make that sure that thing is 100%, not 85
0: yeah, when you look at the fact that one they're playing the Cardinals and two they have a bye, they have week, a after bye next that, week. Yeah, like, he's
1: not coming back to week ten. Like, yeah, there's I, I, no
2: way. I know there was this report today that like he'll he'll be a maybe be a game time. He's no. not a game time decision. He's not playing this week. They have a bye. They're not stupid. Uh, they they have a very, they have a much shorter window than Kansas City's window. Yeah. As, as far as Super Bowl ability with their quarterback his, given his age. Uh, no, he's not playing this week with Mahomes. Uh, Obviously, he's not playing this week, but don't rush him back. I, you can go – what? I, I just looked at the standings right now. I think if the Chiefs only need to go four and five the rest of the way to win their division. Yeah. I really do. I think nine wins is might, might win the AFC East right now because the Chargers have two, the Broncos have two, the Raiders have three. I don't think I don't see any of these teams
1: being more than eight-win teams by the end of the season. No. Matt, Matt Moore could easily do that. By the way, Henny comes back next week who's more than serviceable. Chad Henney can play in this league. He's put up some numbers in this league with those weapons. And with Andy Reid, I think Chad Henne would be fine. Matt Moore has been solid for years. You're talking about a veteran guy that can get him by as well. There's no need at all, at all, to bring him back. No. They brought up Shermer, who's on the practice squad, undrafted guy, but had a nice, nice career at Vanderbilt. Coach's son, we know. Smart guy. He'll be serviceable if they have to play him. They've got options without having to go outside of the organization, which is great for them. There's no need to rush him back at all.
2: And look, in the next two weeks after this week, they're against really good defenses that I don't know if I'm – I don't want to play my quarterback against the Vikings and against the Titans if yeah. he's at 75%. Not, not my franchise quarterback.
1: Not if he can't move. Hell no.
0: No, not if he can't move. Especially. And you're not running
1: it on those defenses either, and you don't run it that good anyway. So, no, I'm not, not taking a chance.
0: Yeah, that's, that's not worth it from the long term when you look at where Mahomes is in his young career. The other quarterback we're going to talk about here is Matt Ryan. He obviously got injured over the weekend, is going to play as of right now going into this weekend. Jake, your thoughts here, because obviously they trade away Mohamed Sanu. This team is in a bad place, uh, nowhere, anywhere near where we expected them to be, um, and much worse than even people who are off the Falcons train going into this season. Uh, what's this do here with, with Matt Ryan going out there? Because, it, I mean, it's a little bit concerning that he could still be significantly injured and is going to play in this football game.
1: I don't know if it was a significant injury anyway. It was an ankle sprain. He's not a super athletic guy. Needles are phenomenal. Tape is great. Tra- you know, Trainers can do some amazing stuff. They can have him standing upright. He's the third highest paid player in the NFL, and if it's not significant, then he needs to be out there on Sunday because they suck. And we talk about a franchise that's reeling right now, and he's the third highest paid player in the NFL, and you're the guy in the cornerstone of it, if you can get out there, you get out there. This is a different situation than the other guys. I think Matt Ryan needs that. He's not at any risk of making an ankle injury worse. If he gets out there and he tweaks it again he can't go, then you can't go. But you try to go. And you do what you can. That's what the NFL is all about. Just because you sprain an ankle, that doesn't mean these, these are all A.J. Green. You know what I mean? Like, not yeah. all of them are. You know, are going to go have an ankle. Like Tua is going to have this crazy procedure that actually helps the ankle heal faster. Like, it's they're not all that. So I don't know that it's significant or how bad this is. When the coach comes out on Wednesday and is like, "I'm not ruling him out. I think he's going to play."
0: Yeah, Gene. I think he. I think he
1: needs to. This is a different situation.
0: Jamie, where do you have him rated this week? Because obviously Matt Ryan, although they haven't been winning, has been great from a fantasy perspective in most weeks. Um, Where do you have him with this injury and now obviously without Sanu?
2: Right now I I still have him as QB5 for the week. I might move him down to QB7, but he's still going to be – you still kind of have to start him if you're out there. Uh, Again, you obviously have two QBs on by this week, and Lamar Jackson and Dak Prescott. But, I mean, Ryan has put – aside from last week, which was an absolute disaster from – it was a disaster before he got hurt. Um, he's been putting up stupid good numbers. He's been a legit top four, top five QB all season long. Uh, the Seattle secondary doesn't stop anybody. No, uh, they're at home. I mean, there's all the things that you want to put him there. You know, guys have have directly behind him this week. If you want, assuming you have these two QBs on your roster, if you want to start Jared Goff at home against Cincy, uh, I guess not at home in London against Cincy. Uh, if you want to start Matthew Stafford at home against the Giants, okay. Uh, but for me, I can't put the Kyler Murrays, Josh Allens, Kirk Cousins, Teddy Bridgewaters. I can't put them over Matt Ryan this week, even with the risk that he doesn't finish the game. No, I like
1: Ryan over all those guys. I and mean, I'm thinking about playing Stafford over Wentz this week. But I would. When I would. with Ryan in there at home, if he's out there, then I, you know Sanu has been a great player. We all love him. We think he's a phenomenal fit in New England. But he hasn't done that much for them this year.
0: No, so, Julio Jones hasn't done that much. I mean, they haven't done. They, that but much he's
1: put up the numbers, time. he's throwing around, but it hasn't been like anybody's not going to be able to take that place. So it's, I think they'll be fine.
0: Yeah. Uh, okay. We also got to talk about David Johnson here, not practicing. Um, we talked about this a little bit, obviously on yesterday's show, because it was one of the, uh, big tangents over the weekend with Matthew Berry and the Cardinals Twitter account getting into it. Uh, he's not practicing. Uh, they picked up two running backs. Correct. Jamie. Yeah. Um, they, They
2: signed Alfred Morris on Tuesday. And then on Wednesday morning, they signed Zach Zenner, uh, Zach Sanders got like a weird nickname. I got to look it up. I think they call, Oh, I got to find it. Yeah.
0: You got to find it. Cause I saw it on Twitter uh, yeah. as well, but David Johnson, not practicing Jake. We talked about David Johnson coming into the season and, and how we were concerned based off what we were hearing from the Arizona Cardinals and, and other, you know, inside sources that, that he wasn't looking like his old self. Right. And, and to be fair on, on Unless it's Bruce Arians, unless it's Papa Arians coaching, we haven't seen that David Johnson since Bruce Arians was here. And that offense looks much different, and David Johnson looks much different not in that offense. So what do you do do if you're a David Johnson owner? Because a lot of people have him. He's owned in 97% of fantasy leagues, and he was started last week in 97% of leagues. So what do you do if you're a David Johnson owner?
1: Uh, You hope he gets healthy, and they start splitting him out. They need receiver help, and they love Chase Edmonds. We said that going into the season. Chase Edmonds had a monster week last week. It's hard. Look, it's hard to run the ball with four wides and no tight end, no fullback, no no help, no nothing. That's what they're in most of the time. Uh, They don't run it very well anyway. Their offensive line's been playing okay, but they're not great. Uh, They caught the Giants playing cover two, and they could run it down their throat, and, and Chase Edmonds had a big day. Uh, but they had 250 yards of total offense last week in New York. It wasn't like it was a phenomenal day. They had 104 yards passing. Uh, if you're a David Johnson owner, I don't know what choice you have other than I, I would be really, really careful playing him at all at this point. And even if he does come back and he's healthy, it's going to be at least a timeshare with Chase Edmonds. And you're going to ho- hoping that they go back to the Cardinals from a few weeks ago when they're losing and they got to throw it, which I think the rest of their schedule kind of dictates that. But I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't think. I think we maybe we've seen the best of David Johnson. I think we, we we're not going to see the old David Johnson in this offense. And I think the best of David Johnson going forward is definitely a pass catching back, and maybe the rest of his career, kind of a third down back. I, I don't think you're going to see him as a feature guy moving forward. It, he's got to get fully healthy, and something's not been right the whole time.
0: Yeah. What's the best case scenario this season, Jamie?
2: Well, the best case scenario is that he did what he did a couple of weeks ago, where he's somebody that's getting five, six, seven, eight targets in the passing game and use, particularly in the red zone in an area that they have struggled a lot. Uh, because if you're still in half PPR format, I mean you can use him in that like think Austin Eckler, yeah. different to completely different players, but the Austin Eckler type of a role where you're really you're only getting four or five points from the rushing side of things, but you have the potential to get double digits in the passing game. That's what you're hoping for. And by the way, he can still do that to a level that makes him a low-end RB1, but he's got to be healthy. Uh, maybe Some people out there in the fantasy community will listen to Cliff Kingsbury talk this week. And he said today that in a perfect world, he would not be playing David Johnson this weekend, especially with the quick turnaround because they have the Thursday night game against the Niners at home the following week. So this might actually be a two-week absence for David Johnson. And that he does not want to play him at 75 or 80%. Again, those are direct quotes today. That in a perfect world, David Johnson would not play this weekend, and he does not want to play him at 75 or 80%. Heed that warning, because that's yes. about as forward as a coach is going to be without stopping yeah, and, the
1: face with it. I mean, look, guys, they had a great three weeks. They, I don't care who you play in the NFL. You win three in a row, that's hard to do. They did a damn good job. The schedule starts to get hard, and then it gets really hard to finish. So I think you're going to see them behind in a lot of games, and you're going to see them back to throwing it 50 times a game. That's good for David Johnson owners. He's going to be in there a ton. Now, Chase Edmonds is really good catching out of the backfield too, but if he's healthy, he's going to be in there in a lot of those situations.
0: So yeah,
1: gotta be healthy though, right? RB one, RB one, no. But if he's healthy, you still got to put him in your lineup somewhere.
2: Yeah, and and like for this week, you know, I'm I'm not anticipating David Johnson playing this week. So when I do my rankings updates probably tomorrow, uh, Johnson will fall off, and I'll probably put Chase Edmonds in the top 15 running backs for this week. You obviously have, I mean, you're playing him anyway, but he's obviously a really a really strong play. I don't know about
1: that against New Orleans.
2: Uh, still in the passing game. I mean, you have to look at the other options right now this week. It's not great. Yeah. True. As true, uh, yeah. we get into the top 15, because that's going to put him in like Derek Henry, Marlon Max, Sony Michelle, Ty Johnson. Yeah, both right. both. It's not, yeah. It's not looking great in that middle of that RB2 class this true. week. True. Uh, and Derry Sanders was the nickname for Zach Zenn. Oh,
0: my uh Derry Sanders. Love it. All right. Uh And no,
2: I'm not picking up any Cardinals running back that they picked up. Yeah, right? no. So, no. No, no, no. Yeah.
0: Don't even, don't don't tweet us with those questions. Uh the Ravens and the Cowboys are on a bye week and the reason I bring this up one is to remind you not to start those players, but two is to ask both of you guys, you have Lamar Jackson, right? And you know you got to start a different quarterback this week and even Dak Prescott if you've been starting him on a on a week to week or in a two quarterback league. Who are you starting? Let's focus more so on on Lamar Jackson because we know that you're not going to replace that type of production more than likely. Uh, who's some of the guys that you know were out of the top 12 who are now kind of funneling in there? I think of a guy like Matthew Stafford who you could probably still get in certain leagues. Jamie, I'll go to you first. Who, who do you think this week to, to replace Lamar?
2: So the two obvious names, and I'll focus on some less obvious ones because these guys are still owned in 50% or more. Stafford and Josh Allen, in that order. Uh, Stafford I love this week. I would, I, he's, he's a top eight quarterback. Uh, Josh Allen's top ten against the Philadelphia secondary that can't stop anybody. Although I would still temper expectations. That's a weird. That's a weird game. We'll get into that on Friday because I don't think it's going to be as good of a matchup for the Bills as everybody else thinks it's going to be. No, because Josh Allen can't throw like a regular quarterback. That yeah. Uh, <laughs> no. I like Teddy Bridgewater this week. He's he's my QB eleven. Jacoby Brissett uh, QB twelve. Uh, another name that's probably out there. I like Mason Rudolph against Miami on Monday Night Football at home. Uh, He's my QB 13. I think I'm actually expecting a big game from the Steelers here. I think that's going to be a more high-scoring game from the Pittsburgh side than maybe people anticipate it being. Uh, So those would be a few guys that I would play. And everybody I just mentioned I would play over Carson Wentz this week, for those those of you who are wondering.
0: Okay.
1: Wow. So I don't don't like Jimmy G at all in this matchup. Uh, Derek Carr could be a solid fill-in as another one. And then Tannehill could be sneaky. I mean – Tampa's defense, linebackers front four have been good. They haven't gotten to the quarterback a ton. I think that probably changes, but you're talking about a super athletic guy in a secondary that's been young, and just let's be honest, they've been terrible. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's a good matchup for him. He threw for over 300 last week. He has really good weapons there. So that's another one that I think is probably not going to hurt you too bad if you're, if you're filling in. Uh, people are going to ask about Gardner Minshew. Uh, the Jets' defense isn't awful if they can run it a little bit. I mean, I don't like that one. Um, of the other guys, Matt more people are going to ask about, he's going to be serviceable, but he ain't freaking Mahomes. home. So like, that's, that's not one I'm, I'm going to run out and grab either. You're pretty limited if you're getting into a 10 or 12 man league. I mean, we've pretty much talked about everybody. If Stafford's available, snatch him up. I'm keeping him the rest of the year. I just got him off waivers. I have Wentz and I don't have a backup in that league. So I'm really glad that I just got Stafford. He's got a couple really good matchups coming forward.
0: Yeah, I had I had Ben Roethlisberger in a league, and I had to pick up two quarterbacks uh, to to kind of service. And Matthew Stafford and Josh Allen are my guys week in and week out where I'm playing the matchups. Right, and I'm playing Stafford over Josh Allen this week. Um, I like Josh Allen's matchup, but like I said, I think people are expecting him to put up the caliber numbers that we've seen from Kirk Cousins over the last week and some of these other quarterbacks who have thrown. All over that Philadelphia secondary. One, Philadelphia just got absolutely embarrassed on national television, and their coaching staff got embarrassed. And I expect them to play significantly better. And Josh Allen can't throw the ball like he's not like a regular. He's done. He's not Kirk Cousins. He doesn't have Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen out there to throw to. Like that Buffalo Bills offense does not run. I, I still think he has a good game. I just—I'm telling you exactly what I'm doing. I like Stafford more this week over Josh Allen, and they're available. Both of them, I think. This morning, I checked in 50% of leagues, found fantasy pros in like 55% of leagues uh, for Josh Allen. Yeah,
2: I Stafford is my QB seven right now for the week. Josh Allen QB nine. Just, uh, just to let you know where some of the other guys that Jake mentioned are. Uh, I have you know I have Wentz fourteen. So that's why I'm, I'm down on him this week. I still I still don't like him going up into Buffalo. No, and there's not a lot against of that defense. There. Uh, Tannehill is my uh, QB 15. Uh, I have Minshew at 17. Okay. Again, you're talking, this is probably too QB territory at the, at this point. Uh, but again, other names that are down on this list that you might've been starting at some point, Baker Mayfield's down at 18 for me, James Winston down at 19, Philip Rivers down at 20. Uh, so those are all guys that if you were relying on them and maybe you were mixing with them in Dak or them in Lamar, or just have them and you know, somebody else that got hurt, uh, you're at this point, I think you need to look for those other options at the top there. And Tannehill's available everywhere. Rudolph's available everywhere. Brissett and Bridgewater available in most leagues. I mean, you're gonna have plenty of options.
0: Yeah, I like those yeah. guys better than Baker this week. It's not Oh god yeah. Yeah. Baker, we, we yes. talked about we talked about keeping him because there are better matchups coming.
2: You're looking for week eleven and beyond for your big Browns players, which by the way, hi Kareem Hunt. Like yeah. those, those are these are guys that week eleven and beyond, aside from Chubb, you're playing every single week and you're not thinking about it. But you know, those guys they have a lot easier fantasy matchups beyond. But you gotta have to get there first. You have to be a relevant team by week eleven. Yeah, it's yeah. worth it to you.
0: Uh, okay, guys, let's get into five waiver wire uh, options that I have looked at. I've seen them getting, they're trending upwards, all five of these guys. The first one we're going to talk about here is obviously related to the carry on Johnson injury news, which carry on Johnson is headed to IR. So the number one pickup this week is Ty Johnson. Jake, what do you see from Ty Johnson? What's your level and, and would you feel comfortable picking him up?
1: Yeah, I think it's going to be solid. I mean, Jamie, I, I put a waiver in for him in our TDN league, didn't get him. Uh, and I saw Jamie picked up McKissick. I think there's going to be more of a split than there was with Karrion Johnson, but he's still going to get the carries. He's still going to be the starting running back. So I like the potential there. Um, I'm not super excited about it. When you're talking about getting into this part of the season with all these buys, I mean, I think he's going to be solid. He's going to be a 12 to 15 point guy.
2: Yeah, I mean he's he he's a he's the number one pickup for this week. Karen Johnson has to miss at least eight weeks with the with the IR stint that they put him on, so he's going to get opportunities. Uh, it's a pretty decent matchup against the Giants. I think he's a low end RB two this week, so he I have him at number twenty right now, but he's right at that territory where you're probably playing him uh i like jd mckissick as well he's he's RB 28 for me this week i think it's a 60 40 split 60 favoring the ty johnson side but mckissick's going to play passing downs he had a role even with carry on johnson they seem to like him a lot he has the old theoretic role in that offense so again we talk about these built-in roles Uh, i look at him as like james white light in the way they're going to use him where he's probably not going to have these monster games i can't see him being a finishing among the top 12 or 15 running backs any week, but he's a solid guy that you could consider in your flex spot. And just for example, he might be cheaper. So I, I, I play in a league that already has the fab budget done already. And someone spent $50 of their $100 fab budget on Ty Johnson. I got JD McKissick for zero. Wow. So, at, so if I would put in waiver claims for both guys and see and has, have McKissick as that backup option for you because I do think he is a flex play this week and you can probably mm-hmm. get him for nothing.
0: Yeah, very, uh, very interesting. The difference between one over the other. Uh, Corey Davis uh, in Tennessee. We talked about it a little bit yesterday. Just the fact that when Tannehill plays now in this offense, all of the weapons around it we like a little bit more. Specifically, Corey Davis, who's a very talented wide receiver. Jake, what do you? Are, what's your confidence level in Corey Davis moving forward if Tannehill's the guy?
1: Uh, I like it more than Mariota. I don't think. Tannehill plays as well this week as he did last week. I mean, that first week when you've been the guy and you've been waiting and you're chomping at the bit, I think you get the entire team that rallies a little bit. I, that usually tends to come back just a little bit. I also think they're going to have a ton of pressure seeing the Blitz uh, this week, but I think he's still going to have a solid day. Corey Davis number one pick, big-time player. Brown on the other side, very similar body type, big guys. Uh, I like Corey Davis moving forward. I think they're going to get an upgrade from Tannehill from where Mariota was. Um, and I think there are going to be a lot of close games where they can't just run it. So they're going to have to try to throw it a little bit. And Tannehill threw for 300 last week. So, I mean, I, I like him moving forward more of a flex play than, than anything else.
2: Yeah, like him this week too in that matchup because they're not going to be able to run the ball effectively on Tampa Bay. So they're going to have to throw the ball a lot more. And that secondary hasn't really played very well for a couple of years now. Uh, I'm going to move these guys up a little bit in my rankings, but I agree with Jake. they're They're fringe flex plays. I think they're going to be guys that – are on the their top 40 wide receiver. Uh, Corey Davis is like a top 40 wide receiver probably going forward. So there are going to be some weeks where you're going to play him in your flex spot, some weeks where you're not. I, I wouldn't blow a ton of that budget on that because you're going to be in a scenario where you might not play him every single week. Now you do have a 16 by coming up at some point, but still, uh, you know, spend maybe 10 bucks on Corey Davis. Uh, I like him. Don't love him. Just, just, Again, I just don't know if there's this mega upside there. Like he's going to be at best a flex play for you certain weeks.
0: All right, we got three other wide receivers, so let's see where you like them as far as in comparison to Corey Davis, Kenny Stills in Houston with the injury to Will Fuller, whether or not um, that could linger and, and be an issue, and he could play a larger role. Jamie, I'll go to you first. Your thoughts on Kenny Stills?
2: I I, I like him. You have to pick him up. I'm curious though, because everybody's just assuming that Kenny Stills is going to get all this extra work. I want to see what they do. Do they keep Kenny Stills in the slot or do they push him outside and put Kiki QT back in the slot, who's a player that they used a lot last year target wise and have not used him much at all this year coming off that injury. So I kind of want to see, I know you don't have that, you don't have this luxury. You're going to have to pick up Kenny Stills now, but I want to see in this game against Oakland how they are used. Cause I'm not fully convinced that just Kenny Stills is just going to pick up where Will Fuller left off, which by the way was one big week. Yeah, But yeah. Uh, definitely somebody needs to be on your roster, needs to be picked up. But, again, I think he's also a guy that's more of a flex play this week and going forward.
1: He's a lot like Emmanuel Sanders. You can move him around. So I think they're going to probably have him in the slot and outside. I like it this week. Uh, Oakland secondary is banged up, and then they, they traded away their best corner. Uh, moving forward, Jamie's dead on. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how that is. But I like the player. He is very well-rounded. Uh, like I said, I had him early and then had to move on from him. Um but, but I think he's definitely going to be an option for you. And some of these deep leagues, like our TDN league is crazy, 14 teams with two flexes. Like you're hoping you get three and four points. None some of these guys
0: of these... are available yeah. in that league, by the way. Right,
1: they all, they all went this week. Yeah. Um, but if you're playing in a league like that, he's definitely a viable option.
0: Yeah, and a couple of them were already on rosters. Yeah. Like when you play in these big, deep leagues, like – the waiver wire is atrocious, like going to look on a week-to-week basis who you're going to try and pick up is, is very hard. All right, two wide receivers here, and they play for the same team, so I'm interested to see which guy you like better, and that's Devante Parker and Preston Williams. We talked a little bit about what their value would be now that Ryan Fitzpatrick's playing there and starting there, moving forward, and played in Buffalo. Which guy do you like more, and which one do you have more confidence in? Specifically, let's go with this week, Jake.
1: Uh, Devontae Parker this weekend moving forward. And a lot of it was from Brian Flores talking about he is a key cornerstone piece of us moving forward. They, they like what they've seen, got the vote of confidence from the coaching staff. He seems to have fixed his drop woes from years past. You're talking about a super talented guy coming out of Louisville, first-round pick, uh, that looks like he's starting to play up to it. But it looks like they've got a little chemistry. The coaching staff likes him, and he's their number one. That makes me all like him a little bit more than Wilson. We'll yeah,
2: the issue here is that when you're talking about receivers in this range, you, while you like Preston Williams, there's no upside there. He's going to get you seven to nine points every single week, and you can kind of mark it down. And at that point, is that worth picking up off the waiver wire for you? Is is, is that enough in a half PPR league? Is that is that going to really be worth it? Where Devontae Parker does have a chance to have double-digit weeks every single week like he did the last three weeks. Now, I don't think he's going to catch a touchdown every week going forward, but This offense is going to put up more numbers. I don't know if it's going to be better, but they're going to put up more numbers with Ryan Fitzpatrick at quarterback. And there's a better chance that you want to start Devontae Parker on a weekly basis and the upside chance that he has, than you're going to want to start Preston
1: Williams.
0: All right. The last thing I want to do here, guys, is preview Thursday night football.
1: Hang on, Paige. I got got two surprise names for you that we haven't talked about. Actually, three. Oh, boy.
0: Oh, boy. All right. Lay it on. All right. So
1: I picked up Deontay Johnson because people forget that when teams are on buys that they have solid players. Mason Rudolph coming back. I love him this week. I like him moving forward as a deep bench option. Ola BC Johnson was really good last week for the Vikings, and now Adam Thielen out tomorrow night. I like him this week. And then Demarius Thomas has been sneaky okay for the Jets. Now, they suck. In some matchups, that might be a guy to look at. He, he's slow. He can't get open, but he's a pro, and he catches it if he throw, they throw it to him. He's been solid. So if you're really hurting, that's like a deep last guy that's out there but the other two the johnsons i like a lot
2: yeah the other johnson's worth owning uh you know he did have some chemistry briefly in the brief time we saw mason rudolph as the as qb there uh the steelers aren't as bad on offense as people, i think perceive them to be uh going forward i think there's still plenty of fancy value yeah. there uh you know bc johnson this week fine uh, i'm not playing him this week but if you want if there was any week to play him it's this week but there's no long-term value there i don't think i don't expect dealing to miss two weeks worth of games um, Demarius Thomas is interesting in the fact that the Jets might trade uh, Robbie Anderson. And if yes. they do, there's going to be a lot more targets open on the outside for them. We already know what Jameson Crowder's role is going to be. I don't know if Chris Herndon is going to be used in this offense like people want him to be. Uh, this is, again, it's still a new offense for the last time we saw Chris Herndon. He missed a ton of time for the suspension and then he got hurt. Uh, I think this might just be a completely lost year for him. So there are targets to be had. We saw Darnold's worst game of the season already. Uh, so I do think that Demaryius Thomas is somebody that you kind of kind of keep a look at, especially if Robbie Anderson is no longer there.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you brought up the Robbie Anderson stuff because that was uh, floated out there yesterday and today. And I think there's still going to be quite a bit of movement between now and the trade deadline as there's been... I'm going to say
1: I'm loving this like NBA, NFL Same. last couple of years, but this year especially, like trade deadline, there's like five big names still floating around out there that people are like... Hey, you want to give me my price? I'll ship you the player. I guess it's really interesting stuff that we haven't really seen from the NFL it's getting um, like more and more, but this, this year is more exciting than it's ever been.
0: Yeah. Just especially because you're talking about, I mean, like Jalen Ramsey, like yeah. stars, Mari Cooper, Cooper last year, like Emmanuel Sanders. Like we're talking about Marcus Peters. I mean, we're not talking about.
1: Yeah. Connolly was a first round pick. Yeah.
0: I mean, you're not talking about guys, right? Like you're, yeah. you're talking about stars in the NFL that are leaving teams and going to other teams. It's, Bordering NBA territory, like not. You know what's
1: really interesting, too, page with it is not just the player; it's the contract. You got a lot yeah. of guys on their first contract, approaching a second contract, and teams shipping them out. And it's the teams that are trading for them are almost handcuffed by the player and their agent once they give up that much to get them. It's going to be really interesting to see what some of the contracts look like this offseason as we get into some of that stuff. But I'm excited. I mean, I think there's going to be at least two more, if not four or five.
0: Yeah, I uh, specifically want to see what they end up having to give Jalen Ramsey, right? Like, I'm very. No, that's really- going to be insane. Yeah, it's mm-hmm.
1: be- Jalen Ramsey and Laramie Tunsil both have those franchises completely handcuffed and at their will with all the leverage. Yeah.
0: It's, it's going to be interesting to see how they, how they dance around that, especially in LA with that cap situation and, and the window that they are in right now. All right. Washington at Minnesota, Minnesota's a 16 and a half point favorite in this football game. Uh, Adam Thielen, as we discussed a little bit, will not be playing in this game. Uh, but Washington, bad football team, right? Minnesota has been on a little roll here. And again, Kirk Cousins is playing a team that is below 500. So should be a good Kirk Cousins game, should get a Kirk Cousins potential revenge game here against the Washington Redskins. Jake, what do you see happening in this one?
1: I mean, Minnesota wins. I think they win handily. I don't know if they cover 16 and a half. I put down 30 to 16 because I think they rest Dalvin Cook in the second half. And I'm actually considering playing Madison this week as well. I think I'm pretty good off. I don't don't have any uh, bye week issues in our TDN league this week. So I don't think I'm going to, but I think he's going to have a, a solid second half. I think Dalvin's going to have a really good first half, solid game. I think Cousins plays well, and I don't think Washington's going to do anything on Minnesota's defense, but I think Minnesota's probably going to be able to shut it down in the second half and play some guys, get some rest. I mean, they're talking about a really solid team, but it's a veteran team that I know they'd love to take a couple snaps away from some guys. I don't know that they cover sixteen and a half.
2: Yeah, I agree with you, Jake. I think this is probably a two-touchdown game, probably a 14-point victory for them, but uh, I mean, the Redskins are terrible, but they're not the worst team in football. They can they can hang within 16
0: yeah. <laughs> of, yeah. of
2: Minnesota. I'm Again, you worry about them being banged up a little bit. Obviously, Chris Thompson's not going to play. Adrian Peterson is going to play, it looks like, but he's hurt a little bit. Um, and by the way, just on another note, from what we told you way back in the preseason about running backs that are injured coming in this season, case in point, again, Bryce Love going to need another surgery on that knee. Not happening. Keep an eye on Darius Geist. Though he might be back in a couple weeks. Uh, but, yeah, I, I don't – I mean I, – this should be again. The Vikings should win this pretty handily, but I don't think they're going to cover there. Kirk Cousins is my QB ten this week because I just don't think they're going to need to throw. They're going to throw early, but they're not going to need to throw that much late in this game. Um, again, I don't know who. Uh, I, I do agree that Alexander Madison's probably getting double digit touches in this game. I would be shocked if he doesn't. Uh, I think. Yeah, I kind of wish
1: that I had like it was one of those weeks where I had him and was like I, I was really hurting at running back or something. I was like, oh, he's both of them are going to get twelve carries, yeah. right? I, either one of them could pop it. I don't really need to do it this week, but if you have him and you are on a week that you're hurting somewhere, Like it's it's a viable option, I think.
2: Yeah, it definitely is. So I think Stephon Diggs is a low-end wide receiver one this week. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, you're going to play the guys you would normally play in this game. I'm not playing any Redskins player. McLaren, if you absolutely have to. He's going to get
0: Rhodes, probably. But yeah, I, I
2: don't, I don't want to play really any Redskins player this week.
0: No, I don't think it's – that Minnesota defense at home with the very little weapons that they have in Washington, it's not going to be very hard to shut down what they do have. Even if you're Scary Terry, who we like – Uh, Just not really a a good matchup. Uh,
1: He doesn't have a lot of good matchups the rest of the way either. I looked at picking him up and I was like, God, the defenses he plays. I did the same thing. Legit number one option now, and I was like, you can't justify doing it unless you're just crazy desperate
0: yeah unless you're in like a deep league like we are where he is a viable starting option um in a flight in a two flex league it's pretty hard to justify having him in your lineup if you look at where the who the Washington Redskins are playing moving forward Jake any parting thoughts on today's podcast
1: I'm glad I'm here for a Wednesday to pick a Thursday night game. I've won the last two, but I couldn't claim it because I didn't – I wasn't on the Wednesday shows because I was traveling. So I'm excited. I think I'll go 3-0 and here on uh, the last three Thursday nights.
0: Oh, I like that. Yeah, you like getting the victories. Uh, Jamie, any parting
2: thoughts? Not a lot this week. Uh, I mean, this is going to be a weird week for fantasy running backs, I think. As we, as we talked about earlier in the show, we talked about that RB2 territory. There's a lot of names that you don't really feel super great about uh, playing in that spot. So if you have those elite players – And again, if you can go out and get a Ty Johnson or even a J.D. McKissick, you might find yourself playing those guys over a more established names like both rookie running backs in Chicago and Philadelphia, for example, that people are still playing. And, you know, there are a lot of options where, you know what? I know J.D. McKissick doesn't expire a lot of conference a lot of players, but he actually might be a best option for you in a lot of these leagues.
0: Yeah. All right. Jake, how can everybody follow you on social media?
1: Jake B. Arians on Twitter. Jake Arians on Instagram. Uh,
0: Jamie, how can everybody follow you?
1: You can follow me at Jamie Eisner on Twitter.
0: Uh, My parting thoughts, just to end this, and I hope I get a good reaction from Jake, is that if you haven't seen the creamsicle uh, jersey swap that is on the Draft Network right now, uh, having a little fun with the uh, potential quarterbacks that are coming out of this class, I'm not reporting anything, we're just having some fun on the Draft Network, mostly because the creamsicle uniforms are some of the sexiest uniforms that exist in pro sports, and I need them bad. I need them bad. NFL, please fix your helmet rule so we can get an alternative uniform because I know, or at least I think I know that Jake would love to have some Bucko Bruce creamsicle uniforms out in Tampa.
1: Do you agree? The creamsicles are dope. I don't care what quarterback's wearing them next year. (laughs) Hopefully that is the case. (laughs) Can you imagine if they put just a little tweak of the 1970s version into a modern day yes. digital graphics cream circle, it would be sick. Come on. So yes, I, I'm, I'm down with all of it. I, I love that we're, we're throwing that around. Yeah.
0: We're, we're having a little fun. Uh, those cream school uniforms are just, they're just nice to look at. So hopefully, hopefully we get to look at them in the, in the near future. Uh, if you guys want to follow this podcast, you can follow us at Tdn fantasy underscore on Twitter at Tdn fantasy on Instagram and check out our rankings on the Thank
2: you for listening to believe.